Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Full Send with Christina Kim and Alan Shipnuck. We are back at it. Christina, uh, where in the world are you right now? I am currently in Northern Ireland. I'm in the greater Antrim County, having just competed, if you want to call what I did, compete at the um, the ISPS World uh, ISPS Handle World Invitational. Um, and I, gosh, let's see, since having missed the cut, fun, fun, um, I was able to finally get to play some amazing Irish, Northern Irish links golf courses because, uh, while Gal Gorm was, was a, uh, it was actually a, a very fun golf course and I did quite enjoy it. And there was a, a decent amount of, um, links ish golf holes along with, you know, very, very park Lindy, you know, through the trees and all of that. Um, we also played because it was the European tour, the men's European tour, the ladies European tour and the LPGA tri sanctioned. So we had, I don't know, 288 players, 288 caddies uh, dispersed between two separate golf courses. And so my week was cut short after having to play at Mazarine, which I would like to call Massacarine. Uh, it, it's a, it, it, the best thing about the golf course was that it is 125 years old um, it's from 19, 1891, if I'm not mistaken. Um, oh, yeah, 1891. Um, yeah, math, 126. I forget. It doesn't matter. We'll call 95, it 130. 95. It's okay. Uh, it, was, it was 1895 because it was 120, okay, right. 126 years. Um, it. But it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a time. That's about all I can say. Um, the the flags at Massacarine were like five feet tall. So you're, you'd stand on that. You'd have the yardage book and you'd be looking at the flag and you're like, okay, I'm at 83 front and it's claiming that the flag is 106. But that flag looks about 217 yards away because it's so fucking small. Uh, <laughs> so, so it was it presented its own challenges. The week of the PGA Championship, I played the Charleston Muni, which is wonderful. It's been redone, and it's an absolute delight. But it has the short flags, too. And it's amazing what two or three feet off the flag stick will do to your depth perception. Like, I was, I couldn't commit to any shot because you're right. It's just Oh, like, no. It just visually is so strange. I mean, honestly, what is the difference? It's only a few feet, but our brains are so trained to um, to take in that that data. It was it was it was. I mean, it was kind of a fun part of the challenge. Like, could you talk yourself into committing to an eighty yard wedge shot when it looks one hundred and forty? Like, it for sure. Yeah. So I, I well, I want to go deep on your journey to the Lynx land. And I will say, if you're going to miss a cut, you might as well do it when you're in Ireland because at least you have some some fun ways to fill your time. But I. I want to revisit the the men and the women playing together and alongside each other. Uh, it's not the first time, obviously, the Vic Open down in Australia has done that. But uh, what was that like for you just as a fan and as a student of the game? Did you learn anything? Did you have any fun conversations, any new crushes? Like what, uh, <laughs> what was the experience like for you? I mean, it, it's always awesome. I, I remember the very first time that we played the Vic Open a few years ago. I, I was walking, you know, you're, you're playing a practice round. I played with Brett Rumford. I'd played with Aaron Pike. And, you know, I, I, I played with these guys and we'd sit there. And, and I remember I had a conversation with um, James Morrison. And I was like, God, you guys hit the ball so far. And 
he would look at me and be like in amazement you guys hit it so straight and it was just like that melding of just you know uh, mutual respect and admiration of something that the other person just cannot possibly do whatsoever um so i did play a, a practice round with a couple of guys over at massacreen i i had a, a travel excursion from hell got to northern ireland from france a day late um was it was it was all there was all kinds of fuckery going on at the end of the day had to stay the night in barcelona uh the manifest had the, someone i'm still waiting to hear back from the airline to figure out which side decided to cancel and remove both my name, Todd, my caddy's name, as well as another player and three other caddies from the manifest of the aircraft. It was just all kinds of fuckery. Um, made it, though. And uh, so only got a practice round since I got in on Tuesday and had to first go to this, like, basically like this. It, it, it would look like standing at a kissing booth in a county fair with, again, two full fields of players, caddies, uh, officials, other people associated with the tournament and having to navigate that, then go to the golf course. And luckily I was in the pro-am at Gal Gorm. So I knew I was going to get a practice round there. And so went and played Massacreen only ended up getting in. Let's see. We were on the fourth tee. I was playing with a young kid uh, who it was his, professional debut his name is robin last name williams no relation <laughs> and um it was just so much fun it was it was a lot of fun no new crushes i mean i, I at this point i i did see you know uh, marcus armitage and i was like Ooh, you're so much fun i i appreciate you so much um but you know it was just it was a whirlwind to be honest because you're trying to oh and then god Dion stevens who does the yardage books for the um, European tour, I guess, doesn't he's he's all about numbers. You know, he maps the golf course. He does the greens books. He does this. He does that. Apparently, he didn't realize. I don't know if he just assumed that there were so many players named Kim and Lee and Park that we all play in meters. So he was short on the number of women's yardage books in yards for <laughs> Gal Gorm. Um, I had ordered two, one for myself, one for Todd, found out on Wednesday when I got to the golf course, they didn't have any extra. I had one men's yardage yards book so that I could at least get the distances into the greens and one woman's meters book just so that I can figure out, you know, roughly what the, um, uh, the tee shots were going to be and got my yards book for Gal Gorm somewhere on like the fourth or fifth hole of the tournament round. And like they, they ran so, it out to you on, on the course. Yeah, because he decided he was only going to print out 18 more. And I was like, bitch, I paid for two, so I better get two of those 18. I don't know what in the hell happened. I, I, you know, I, I, I do my best to try to avoid complaining, but this is, this is business. Yeah. Do your numbers. Do your math. Like, if you're going to have something like this happen and you're going to be taking care of the yardage books, send out a quick blast email. Just be like, yo, send a survey. Survey monkey. It's quick. It's it's free. It's so easy. Just say, do you play yards or meters? Simple as that. And so he's got this huge stack of meters books that, you know, players were not wanting to use. But some, you know, like I still took one. I've got fucking I've got like six books now 
I have six <laughs> I, books. I'm getting a headache just thinking about holding a yardage book that's in meters and in yards and plus the wind and the elevation and the adrenaline. And you're like, using, yeah, I mean, you, you, you're you looking, you switch books. You look at the meters book just for the runouts off the tee and then you switch over to the other book which has the men's yardages so you don't worry about what the tee shot says because I'm like, oh, that says 350. Oh, wait, that's the wrong book. And you just look at what the, 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 the number is to the front of the green. Like, oh, it's just, I was just, oh, God, it was, and yet that was a course that I shot under par on. <laughs> Can you imagine if um, Dustin Johnson and his brother had to do that? Like, the, bro, they would, they would have hit zero greens in regulation. Dustin would be flying every, every dune by 50 yards. But anyway, bro. We, di- we digress. Uh, well, I, I'm sorry you didn't play your best, but it's, it's still probably a cool experience to be part of that tournament. Can, when you miss a cut like that, can you, can you take a deep breath and say, well, at least I got to be part of the show or is, is the disappointment so crushing? You're like, just get me out of here. Well, I don't, I don't really look upon it as crushing. Like I, I knew, you know, coming down the last, the last, you know, five or six holes. I, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I did three wiggle my last putt, but I was like, hell, you know what? I'm not gonna lie. I'm pretty sure that caused me to miss a cut by two and not one. So you feel slightly less shitty about yourself. Um, <laughs> But I, I gave myself a ton of chances coming in. So I was like, you know what? I never gave up because that's just not in my DNA. I, um, which there was one girl that I've had issues with before who was on the other side of the golf course that she played one hole. She played, she played the first round. Then she played one hole at Mazarine. Excuse me, Mazarine played one hole it was raining on us and she was just like i am finished and she walked off the golf course i was like dude you can go fuck yourself i i, I have had a run-in with her in the past um and like, she just quit because it was raining i don't know how her brain works so i can't <laughs> speak on her behalf she okay. was in she was in decent spirits before she played she was like kind of bitching and moaning it was sort of like you know i hope they i hope they pull us off the golf course because it's raining i'm like we're in the british isles (laughs) yeah are you high the courses drain pretty well over there you're not gonna get puddles after your 30 minute shower give me a break yeah it's just i i don't know um but again i digress and 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 i'm also complaining and, and bitching so that's that's not really where i like to stand um but again i mean i hit a ton of really good shots gave myself a ton of opportunities and um you know there there were a lot of positives to take and i sat there i said hey you know what you have to reach your quota of shitty shots and you done did it this week for hopefully the rest of the season so it's all good <laughs> and um it allowed me to have a you know a, a day or two to you know I, I was honest to god really frazzled after my my travel excursion um coming over and so um I, I talked to Todd after after we had missed a cut. I'm like, I am so sorry you had to endure that because he was slugging out, out in the rain as well. And, you know, it was one of those things where it's like every day I'm like, are your, are your feet dry? Have they dried from yesterday? You know, like, <laughs> um, and so he was like, no, it's all good. Like, he's like, we saw a lot of really good shots. There's nothing to, you know, we can't, we can't be too upset about it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's all good. And, and so in the pro-am on Wednesday, I had played with the general manager of Castle Rock Golf Club and we had exchanged numbers. We only ended up playing nine because those thunderstorms. I mean, it, it, it's been strange Irish weather because it was weeks of dry, dry weather. And then it just, it, 
it was explosive diarrhea all over us during the tournament, like throughout most of the week. Yeah, like it was. Did you have to go there? Well, there was. Well, it was explosive diarrhea because it was it was raining down on us, and there was there were boom booms. There was thunder and lightning, which is not normal for the area. you know, so it would just be one thing if I said it just it pissed down on us, but it's like, or it, we can say it pissed down on us, and someone was very gassy. But it was there was there was a there was some cracking thunderstorms. Could we just say um, there was thunder, lightning, and rain? I mean, come on. Yeah, Beyonce poos. Everybody poos. <laughs> um, and so there were a lot. There was a lot of thunder and lightning in the region as well, uh, early in the in the week. And so the pro am only got cut to nine holes, which was very unfortunate. But Bert Mackey and I had uh, exchanged phone numbers, and he was just like, "Oh, it was so much fun." I'm so, I was like, "I'm sorry, we only got nine holes in." And he was like, "Well, you know, if you wanted to come and play, you know, like I said, you're more you and Todd are more than welcome at Castle Rock. I've got uh, you know a bunch of extra sets of clubs if Todd needs them. Um, you know, we can go." fishing if he wants us that and I was like hey I'm like yeah but well let's go play some golf and so lo and behold he comes back with a text message and he was like well what are you thinking I'm like I mean I, I, I mean if you're open to having us there for a few days like yeah we'd love to play and he's like how about this Monday you'll go to Royal Port Rush Tuesday you'll come play Castle Rock uh, Wednesday, I was supposed to. Uh, I was the the plan was originally for me to play Ard Glass, and Thursday is a round of golf at Royal County Down. I and am so full of like, FOMO right now. I mean, I can't tell you. That's just that is such a sick itinerary. I know. Well, and and I I ended up saying and I was talking with Todd about it because I was like, bro, like you haven't played like a ton of golf, and we are still here to work, like do you want to take Wednesday off? Like, I, I hate the idea of not playing art glass, but one, we, we got to play Port Rush. And two, I'm not going to bail on the guy who's setting up our tee times for his golf course, for the tee time at his golf course. I'm like, I, 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 we can always go back to art glass. And Todd was like, I'm not going to lie. The only golf course on the planet I am dying to play because he you know he's spent the last 18 years over looping at bandon dunes he was like is is rcd and so Got i was it. like yeah. well we're going there on thursday and he's like i'm not going to believe it until i walk off the 18th green i'm not going to believe i'm not going to get my hopes up and um so That's it's so been great. a phenomenal trip so far i love it i this this, this makes my heart happy Let's talk about Royal Port Rush. I think it's one of the five or ten best, most epic golf courses on the planet. It's just, to me, the um, I mean, the, the setting is phenomenal, the the views, but every hole is like a, is like an opera. It's just so fantastic, and the, the towering dunes. And I think you know a lot of links courses to me. When you get to the green, it gets less interesting. Um, they can they, they can be kind of flat, and, and they mm-hmm. don't engage the senses. Like, but I, I thought there were some fantastic greens and green complexes at, at Port Rush. I just I love that golf course so much, and it, it's so cool that you, you made the trip because it, it's definitely a pilgrimage. I mean, it, you know, if you're talking about the great pilgrimages in in golf, it's on the list. So it's so cool you made the effort. Yeah, I I gotta I gotta admit I, I loved. Every second that I was at Royal Port Rush, I I remember I was talking with Todd and the entire time it was just like, 
I can't find a single flaw with this place, you know, mm-hmm. both in terms of the architecture as well as the aesthetics. It was so beautifully maintained. I mean, it, it could have hosted the club championship at any golf course on the planet and everyone would have been raving about it. Um, which I guess that would be the only thing that I would consider a flaw because it, it you know, it, it's like, um, it someone had kind of, it was too, it was, it was perfect. And, and I was like, man, like, um, someone had kind of told me that Bally Castle, which is the, not, not Bally Castle, that we drove by Bally Castle because there were a couple of lakes that, uh, rivers that intersect right by the golf course clubhouse that, that Todd loves fly fishing. And so we went, we we're just like, oh, that looks really fishy over there. And I'm like, yeah, that's fish. Um, excuse me, Castle Rock, when we went and played Castle Rock, because before our round at Port Rush, we went and played a little nine-hole course. It's a par 34, the band course at Castle Rock, sort of like as a warm-up. And the, 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 the contrast between the two was just incredible because one thing I love about Castle Rock is that it's, it's rugged, it is wild, it's natural, it is just one of those things where you're just like, man. Um, someone had told me that Castle Rock was sort of like the ugly sister when it came to, to Royal Port Rush, to Port Stewart and all of that. And, and when I was playing, I told Bert Mackey, the, the general manager, um, you know, we were, we were paired, we, we, we played together. It was him, myself, Todd, and uh, a member of the council, which would be like the board of, uh, the, uh, the golf club over at Castle Rock. And, uh, it was a little USA versus Europe. And I, I told him that, you know, someone had said it was like the ugly little sister. And I'm like, no, dude, this is the chick, like Port Rush, don't get me wrong. She is gorgeous. You can set her up at a table with 13 different utensils she will know which one is the sorbet spoon which is going to be cleansing your palate and all of this and that like the castle rock is she's a girl that like sneaks out of the house when she's 15 years old wearing these old scuffy doc martens and fishnet stockings with holes everywhere and and her hair wild and unkempt and you know just sits there and has, you know, a pierced septum and is still from the same great family. It's, it's just, she's like, yeah, I just wasn't really into dressage. Like I just love the sound of, of really grungy, real music. And, um, it was just, it's so, it was, the, the contrast was really, really remarkable and it was so much fun. I mean, again, both courses were incredible, incredible in their own way and you can't you can't really compare the two but i i had um you know i had so much fun at at castle rock obviously because um bert and and willie the the member of the council were just so much fun as well and we were all just talking shit we had this you know it's like it's one of those things where you know every great club is going to have them where you've got uh we had harry who is a member at Castle Rock, who'd been a member for over 40 years. He played, um, you know, proper football, a.k.a. soccer in America. He is into musical theater and everything like that. He <laughs> loves a game of golf. He has stories upon stories upon stories. And he just he just drove around the, uh, the buggy um, while we were there with our push carts, our trolleys, as, as they call them here. And he was just telling us stories and watching our lines. He was kind of forecatting a little bit. He was just having the best time ever. And it was just such a beautiful, relaxed, chilled out, amazing, amazing day. 
Yeah, there's those clubs have so many characters. That's always uh, just one of the joys of going over there, whether they're in the bar or on the the, the first tee or wherever you encounter the, the lads. Uh, they're they're so colorful. And I remember when uh, we were playing over in Ireland, um, there was these, these four guys that you know they they generally will, if, they, if a force one goes out, they'll play they'll play alternate shot, right? Like that that's part mm-hmm. of the. Uh, the ethos over there and we're in the dunes foursomes excuse me yeah foursomes right my bad and it was this long hard par three and we're in the dunes searching for a ball so we kind of waved them up you know and one guy stiffs it to like two feet the next dude is a great shot it's like 25 feet short he walks up his partner brushes in the birdie they it took him like three minutes to play the hole and they were giving us <laughs> so much grief and they were gone we never saw him again and we're like all searching for our balls and just completely uh, rattled by the whole thing uh the banter was just classic and it, I, I i just remember that moment not, not only the skill they displayed but just the the good cheer but yeah you know the, the st- when you there's always well, not always but a lot of these places there's like there's an, an old guy as the starter he's been there for a million years and he has a whole shtick that he gives you. And even if you, you heard it 10 years earlier, you, you just love it because it's just part of the experience. And I mean, Ireland, Northern Ireland, the people are is just much fun as they come. Everybody knows that. But even, even when you know that you get over there and you're immersed in it, you're like, God, I, uh, it just adds so much to the whole experience. So it's really cool. You got, you got to play with some, of, some of the blokes and, uh, and, and really just, uh, be around it for, you know, in, in the native form. I love that. For sure. For sure. It was, it was awesome. Well, we had a God, when we went to, to Castle Rock, we had the, the club president was there. He watched us for a few holes and I'm like, bro, I'm not gonna like, I wait till I come round near the turn. Then my ass is going to wake up. I'm just sort of enjoying myself. Like Todd and I, we basically like, you know, um, like, did one of those like rally car sort of like a donut into a parking spot kind of a thing, making our way over in our sewing machine of a vehicle. And I had texted Bert earlier and I was like, I I'm so sorry. Just curious if the, if there's anywhere um, on the way that you would recommend, we can grab a, you know, like a breakfast bap, which is uh, what they would call a breakfast sandwich. Uh, Cause we like, you know, we're, we're on our way over and, and it's, you know, it's over an hour's drive and um, you know, we have our coffee rituals and things like that. And, and I was just like, we gotta go, we gotta go. Like, we're not going to, the last thing we're going to do is be late to a tea time with the general manager. And, and um, so I was like, I'm so sorry, we got to go. And so he was like, you're some girl, you know that. And I was like, yeah, I'm aware. I'm sorry, but I'll show up up and um no it was just it was such great it was such great banter it was great crack oh you crack i love that word do you feel pressure to to play well in that scenario i mean you are a professional golfer who's won around the world and even though it's a casual game do you feel the eyes of of, on you and there's like a certain amount of judgment is when you when you're you're out there playing with with the locals well let's see i am an asian female Living in America, my life has been filled with judgment. I have been very fortunate in that I'm able to not give a shit. And I, you know, I texted Bert before and I was like, well, I'm just going to let you know if it's not a tournament round, like I play to about a six (laughs) and I don't care, you know, and, and, um, he was just like, oh, bullshit. You know, you're 3-0 in singles at Sol- in Solheim Cup and this and that. Like, you can't, you can't be a six when you get out, when, you're, when you do that. I'm like, all right, like, 
you don't want to believe me that's like on you like that that that's more your fault than mine and and you know after about you know like five holes or something like that I started kind of warming up a little bit and um you know and then we I let's see I Todd you had two birdies on the day so we we had nine birdies and we ended up losing one down because Bert who has quite honestly, the most beautiful putting stroke that I've ever seen to the point where once I start, once I made a turn and started feeling like I was like getting it, I like Todd and I were like, okay, dude, just PL, PLB, 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 like putt like Bert, like, and <laughs> I, you know, rattled off a shit ton of birdies and, and he just hit this amazing birdie from like 20 feet on the last hole on like the one green that is not dead straight from every single direction, you know, like, cause that's the thing, like between the, the fescue grass, as well as, you know, these old, old, like you were talking about the green complexes, you know, like the, the surroundings around the greens are, are generally going to have a lot of like movement to them and, and, and the, the ground, which again, the ground, it was, it was beautiful. I love, obviously when you're playing Lynx golf, I love Brown period, not just because, you know, it, it, you get to play along the ground. It almost demands it of you, but you also get to have a firsthand account of the weather that the region has been dealing with, you know, so you get to experience, um, you know, you get to, you get to relish in the result of what had been taking place in the, the several weeks, month prior. And, um, yeah, he he hit this putt that had probably, you know, from 20 feet, you know, especially on these fescue greens, you're only going to get, you know, two cups of break, let's say. And this thing curled like it was almost a foot of break. And I was like, bitch, what? I was inside of him and just a little to the left. And I tried playing a little bit um, more than I thought. But, you know, and, and then mine just li- lipped out on the low side or just brushed the edge on the low side. And I'm like, you shit bag. Uh, but it was it was so much fun. It was so much fun. That's awesome. I have I have such fond memories of Portrush from from the Open because to me, as a sporting event, it's one of the best golf tournaments I've ever covered. With, um, you know, we all grew up listening to U two, and people know mm-hmm. that they didn't have the Open at Portrush for you know six decades or whatever because of the troubles and. Um, there's still, even though there's an invisible border, you, when you drive from Ireland to Northern Ireland, it's, it's you're just looking at beautiful countryside. You don't even know you passed over, but, um, that, that invisible border looms large and the way the whole, you know, Island of Ireland came together was, was just kind of magical. And, you know, there's, there's people out there waving the tricolor flags, which in a different context would have been provocative in, in Northern Ireland, mm-hmm. but uh, it was just people were so wrapped up in that tournament, and Shane Lowry was just the right guy at the right time, and he um, such a great character. And, you know that that sixty three he shot on Saturday is like one of the, the greatest rounds I think in history of major championships, and the way they brought him home with all the singing, and it was just so incredibly memorable. And I love the town of Port Rush. I mean, it's just got that cute little winding streets, and then. There's the the restaurants and the bars uh, right there on the water and that beautiful crescent shaped beach. I, mean, I do. There's a few places in the golf world I fantasize about, like taking a typewriter and living for a year. And I'd play golf every day, and I'd work on the great American novel. I mean, Croon Bay is one. Uh, Port Rush is another. Obviously, St Andrews. Uh, there, there's a few spots that are very special to me, and and, and the town and and the golf course of Port Rush is near the top of the list. So. I'm, I'm happy whenever anybody gets there because it's, it's, it's definitely a journey. So good on you. And now you have, 
you know, RCD to look forward to tomorrow, which it's, it's interesting. It, I don't, I don't want to, um, well, you'll, you'll, you'll make your own conclusions. It, it's a different experience. There's a lot of blind mm-hmm. tee shots. It's mm-hmm. kind of, it's kind of like St. Andrews where you're, you're, you stand on the tee, you don't really know where you're going. And then the whole kind of reveals itself as you get closer to the green, but, um, it, the terrain is spectacular. The, the, the greens are phenomenal. And there's, there's, I, I think that Port Rush is, is a, probably a, a more straightforward test, but Royal County Down is so freaking hard. Like, especially in the wind, it, you, if you, if you take six or seven holes to warm up there, you're, uh, it's, you get your teeth kicked in. I mean, it, it's really <laughs> a, a great championship test, but also it's so full of charm. So yeah, I mean, I actually, I played them in the same day. That was, I've done a few wow. epic 36 hole days of my life, obviously Pebble and Cyprus, and I've done Shinny and National, uh, but we, we played, uh, we played Real County Down in the morning and blew up into, and did Port Rush in the afternoon. And I mean, that's, it doesn't get any better than that. And so um, I, I look forward to next week's pod. We, we can, we can kick around your, your thoughts. Cause it, I mean, those are, those are two of the all time greatest courses and to play them in, you know, almost back-to-back days like you are that it's just doesn't get any better no i cannot wait and and truth be told when we played at royal port rush and then at castle rock it was the weather was it was quite benign to be perfectly honest we had you know um a little bit of of a breeze and they were the uh traditional winds because like when we were at the the women's open last year at royal troon it broke my heart because we played with the opposite wind to how you know like 300 and again 58 days of the year the wind blows in one direction and we're there for seven and can't get a single puff of the way the wind is supposed to blow and it just broke my heart um (laughs) Yeah, and so we we dealt with some very benign weather. Not even a drop of rain at Royal Port Rush, and I I did peak the weather over in in the Newcastle region uh, for tomorrow's round, and it's like you know nearly four tenths of an inch of rain in the day. Southwest winds between nineteen and thirty miles an hour. So I'm like, this is and and like you were saying, you know, because Castle Rock has a few blind tee shots, and the band course definitely has some blind tee shots. That is a shit that I live for. <laughs> so I am so stoked, and I'm definitely going to give myself, you know, like a a forty minute warm up before teeing it up there because <laughs> you know yeah. I, it's just it's one of those you know we got to do a little dress rehearsal before you know going on this old punk rock show. Do you find that? playing Lynx golf unlocks something in your, your golfing soul and you, you get more in touch with the artist within and less worried about playing to certain numbers and just seeing shots and visualizing shots. And can that carry over to tournament golf in general? For sure. The way that I see it, uh, because at Castle Rock, and, and I think that's part of the reason why it, it's not that I thought Castle Rock was a better golf course it it was just more appropriate for the way that the region had been dealing with these you know 90 plus degree weather days in the weeks prior to the lpg coming in and and just providing them with you know a a solid three months of rain in in one week kind of a thing because that's what we do um (laughs) but when we played at castle rock it reminded me of 
the year that you and I wrote our book, Swinging from My Heels, when I went to the Women's Open at Royal Lytham St. Anne's, which for me as a woman to this point, it's still my favorite course in the entire Rota for what it provides. It's pure, yeah. For us. You know, because we just we, we play a different game from the men. So it, it is one of the most perfect golf courses for the women, I think. Um, and plus, I mean, you know, between the was 197 bunkers and the par three start like the, the shit like that just gets me going. <laughs> and I remember in the practice round, I had Andy Dearden, a great friend of mine who's uh, from Manchester catting for me. And. He was just like, you know, we, we actually did a couple of loops. It was like the Monday and we were just, I was like, dude, I was like, does, is this one of the courses that goes out and then back in or does it come back at the turn? This was, you know, I, I hadn't really, I'd been there once before and I played so poorly that I wanted to delete it from my memory that he was like, mm, it does not come back after nine, but we can get in a loop. And so we did like, you know, one through three, jumped over to seven and then like 11 to 13 or something like that. It was just, it was, it was awesome. And I remember we were just, you know, dicking around doing that, whatever. And, and we were on God, I can't remember if it was if it was maybe hole number seven or um, I, I forget what it was, but it was one of those shots where it was like 197 yards to the flag, um, and I took my five iron and I hit this punch draw that Andy like looked at me and he said, "All right, you're ready." I was I was a little worried about how far off we were going to miss a cut by, <laughs> but. Okay, like he was like it was the sound of that shot that that got my attention and then I watched it and yeah, okay, you 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 ran it up 20 22 yards. Like that's perfect. <laughs> and lo and behold, we ended up in the final pairing in the final round and so I had a shot like that at Castle Rock that just and it kept coming. It just kind of kept coming. So to have that artistry come back to it where um like for me it actually is super important to know numbers but it's one of those things where it's like okay it's 197 looking at the overall topography of the golf course and what the what the area looks like coming into the green like you need to know okay it's got to it's got to hit about 24 paces short and then it's going to jump forward and then with the you know based on the jump and based on the spin rate you're going to put on it it's going to pitch into that front you know that that front part of the green that has that little rise there and then it'll slowly go and trickle up and 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 so it provides a little bit of that artistry as opposed to just thinking hit ball in air make spin backwards fast you know like it, it, it the game of golf was originally meant to be played along the ground so to come across these golf courses where it not only allows for that, but demands you to do that in order to, to get the most fulfillment out of it is, is something that I just love about golf in the British Isles. It is so satisfying when you're playing to the wind and you have 150 yards and at home, you know, it's just a mindless eight iron. And over there, there's like 17 different shots you could play, yeah. with diff different trajectories, different clubs. And when you actually pull it off and you, you get the... You get it pin high. It's just so satisfying. Uh, so absolutely, yeah, I, I relate to that. Um, well, we're certainly you know you're you've got the the Irish Open um, and the Scottish Open and all these things in your future. So we we got more Linksland talk. But I want to look back at a couple of things that just happened and get your take uh, on first on the Olympics and then the U.S. Uh, Senior Women's Open, which which was memorable in its own way. So. Um, you know, I've been a big fan of the Olympics uh, since its inception. My time in Rio was like two of the best weeks of my life. Um, 
And obviously the women have embraced the Olympics and they bring a lot, mm -hmm. a lot of great cheer and a lot of star power. The men, it's been more of a mixed bag, but I, I, I'm not sure how much you got to watch live and, and on highlights, but I thought the, the men's competition was just fantastic. And I was, I, I was delighted for, for Shoffley. I think that he's, you know, the history of his dad, uh, with his own mm -hmm. Olympic dreams and, the fact that the guy hasn't been able to break through and win as much as he wants, like it was such a meaningful victory for him on, on so many levels and seeing him wearing around, you know, the gold medal in Memphis this week at WGC makes me happy. Like, uh, and of course Roy Sabatini, all the, the bullshittery surrounding him for the last few years and all the jokes and all the eye rolling and the guy brought it, dropped a 61 to almost steal the gold medal. And, and to, to nab the silver was incredible. And then the playoff of the bronze was, you know, with a bunch, you know, you had future hall of famers, you had major championship winners. Like I'm not sure what more you could want from a tournament, honestly, other than Tiger Woods, Doolin, you know, the ghost of Ben Hogan down the stretch. Like it, it was, it was great fun. I like the golf course. It reminded me of Augusta national in spots. So, you know, I'd give the Olympics an A and the only reason I didn't get an A plus is because, you know, some myopic point missers decided not to come and, it sort of devalued it a little bit, but in the end, I thought, I thought it was a great show, but what, what was your take on all that? I was not able to watch much of it live. To be fair, I was, um, you know, immersed in my own golf tournament and, you know, the times were a little bit wonky as well for me, but I, you know, I caught, I caught the highlights. I caught the, um, um, caught the playoff. That was I mean, just, you know, the fact that Rory, you know, because he skipped out on, on Rio and, and there will always be a part of me that will always understand, you know, he was in his, um, you know, not necessarily like child, like child, like, you know, child birthing years per se, but, you know, his child. You're spreading his seeds is what you're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was at that age where, you know, you want to think about kids and, and with all of the unknowns by way of the Zika virus, like it, it, the bottom line, it sucked, but you know, everybody has the choices that they want to make. And the fact of the matter is when he made that quote of saying, I have never in my life tried so hard to finish in third place, like that showed how, you know, cause he was, he, he, I, I feel like I remember on occasion him being, you know, like, does golf really belong in the Olympics? Yeah. You know, yeah, while at the same sure. time being so focused on trying to make sure people understood the athleticism required of an elite golfer. And I'm like, well, which camp are you in, in that sense? You know, I, 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 I wonder. And so the fact that he was able to say that this was one of the greatest experiences ever and how much he wanted that bronze was just amazing and the fact that there is no obvious purse this was playing for the pride of your country for the love of the game and truth be told probably you know just seeing how many zeros you can add to your bank account as a result of a medal um that's neither here nor there though <laughs> so i i thought it was amazing and yeah. did you did you hear when steve sands called out rory sabatini and was like you know because i'm not gonna lie like you hear about shit like this all the time in pretty much every other olympic sport of so and so like you've got justin brown representing guyana let's say or something you know like like you're just like well where did you how are you what 
where is you yeah. from? What is yeah. you? Like, are born you in really Ber- from Guyana? Born in Berlin or whatever. <laughs> Represent, yeah. Yeah, You're exactly. Right. And and so, so Rory, you know, to an extent, fair dues to him for, um, you know, showing that he cared enough and he wanted to be in the Olympics. I love that. Same. I don't know the guy. I don't think I want to know the guy based off of some of the stories I've heard secondhand. I will always have an open mind and an open heart. I've heard some stuff. But when Steve Sands was like, he mentioned, you know, like, you know, you've taken, um, you know, up the nationality of Slovakia, like basically by way of your second wife. I was like, bitch, you t- you didn't just spill some tea. You you threw that mug in his face like that was that well, that it's, was snark. It's germane if if you followed the first Sabatini marriage, which wound up in the tabloids of the golf press and was super messy. And his wife was going off on Twitter about him. And so, oh, I remember it, that. Yeah, we all remember the Amy, the former Amy Sabatini, who was quite a personality. And so, I think that it, that may have been a nod to people like. We're like, oh God, Rory Sabatini, wife, and then the Google search comes up, and there's like a lot of messiness. So it's possible that that Sansy, as Tiger likes to call him, was actually trying to help out Rory and let the the viewership at home know that whatever you find on Google, that's a that's a different wife. But it, it did sound funny. I agree. In the moment, it's like, oh, you don't you just it's not the usual phrasing. But, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, Hey, listen, as you said, this is common in, uh, in, in, in Olympic sports and how cool is it for Rory Sabatini at, at you know, in his mid forties, like this is probably the greatest moment of his golfing life. He's won on the PJ tour and he's contended in a few majors, but can anyone even name the tournaments he's won? Probably not. But to drop a, a Olympic record 61 to nab the silver, I don't know if there's gonna be a ticker tape parade in, in you know Slovakia for him but for sure his stated goal was to grow the game and get people over there excited about it and what more can he do I mean it was it was pretty pretty epic performance so um yeah uh it was okay. awesome I have to I have Full to tell stop. I have to tell a story just because we're talking about the number of wives this is a slight digression but it's really one of the funniest things that ever happened to me in my journalism career 1994 I'm an intern at Sports Illustrated. This is before the internet. This is before cell phones. And I'm a fa- I'm fact-checking this story. It's about Hal Sutton's renaissance. And mm-hmm. it's pegged to, he's, you know, he's just gotten remarried to this, like, basically SMU co-ed. I, I think they might have met when she was an undergraduate. Whatever. No judgment. Good for you, Hal. And all of a sudden, he's, he's playing great, and he's found himself again. And and so in the story, it says it's his fourth wife. And I'm... I'm looking through some old SIs and there's a reference to him being known as Halimony on tour because of, of all his previous marriages. It's mm. harsh, but funny. And, um, but I also saw some newspaper clippings that said this was his third wife. And so I'm like, dang, you know, you can't get this wrong. It's not the kind of thing they have on the, the tour media guide. And so through like Sutton's agent, I somehow got word to Hal that I needed to talk to him and do and fact check this story. And that was like at noon on Sunday. And Sunday was a really long day, always at the magazine in those days, because it would go to print on Monday afternoon and everything had to get buttoned up basically Sunday night before he went home. So I'm like literally dozing at my desk. It's like one in the morning and the phone rings and um, it's like, 
Hey, this is Hal Sutton. And I was so rattled and I'd had all my materials that I was, you know, I had other questions besides the marriage thing and I couldn't find the paper and you know, I, it's late and I could tell he was a little, he was a little grumpy. You even have to make the phone call, but respect for him for actually calling into the fact checker. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I just blurted out, um, Mr. Sutton. Yeah. Uh, uh, what number marriage is this? <laughs> and it was, there was like this long pause and I could actually <gasps> hear him inhale like, and he went off on me. Like, I mean, yelling at the top of his lungs and calling me an asshole. And he's fucking sick and tired of people making jokes about his marriage. And he just <laughs> opened a vein. And after like 30 seconds, he was done. And then he, he kind of calmed down. He said, you know, sorry about that. I kind of lost my cool there. You know, I've been dealing with this for a long time. <laughs> I was like, I'm terribly sorry. Like, I, 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 just, I, I didn't mean it the way it came out. I wasn't trying to be flip or anything. It just, it was just the words tumbled out. And I, I was, it's really funny. As he was going off on me, I, a guy named Rick Lipsy, who was another fact checker, was walking down the hall. I held the phone out at full arm's length so Lipsy could hear. And I mean, it was unbelievable. It's the greatest ass chewing I've ever gotten in my life about anything. And um, by the way, it was marriage number four and it didn't last. So, um, oh. I know, but, um, anyway, so we digress. All right. This is one, before we go, I, I, we have to talk about the U S uh, senior women's open because it was, uh, you know, Joanne Carner's out there puffing away on her Virginia slims and shooting her age and, you know, at age 82 and all these great old characters that we got to celebrate again. And then Annika comes in and just destroys the field and typical Terminator like fashion. And, um, I have to say, I feel like I need to go there just since the, the January 6th and then Annika, you know, as the Capitol is still smoldering, winging in to, mm-hmm. to pick up her presidential medal of freedom. Uh, it just, it, my feelings have, have kind of changed towards Annika a little bit. And it was hard for me to celebrate what was undeniably an incredible achievement. I mean, she played lights out golf and blew away the field. And so am I alone in this or how? What is your what is your take right now on Annika? Well, it's not easy for me to separate my personal feelings about what was it was it was it was on the eighth, wasn't it, that she went up and 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 received her her medal? I I, I would have loved it, and I'm sure everybody would have loved it if she had pulled a Belichick and just been like, you know, homie, I'm good. Like, what do you, you're on a Sorenstam. Like, what, what do you need another medal for in, in all honesty? And, you know, I don't know. Read the fucking room, bro. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But at, at, at the same time, you, you cannot take away from the achievement. You know, she had stepped away from the game, hadn't been competitive in in over 12 years because you know i did see her at the um uh the 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 gainbridge lpga when it was held at lake nona at the beginning of the year and and was hitting balls right in front of her and i was just like oh i'm like Annika, like where you haven't gone anywhere like this is amazing and it's so good to see you and and this was very soon after you know the post-insurrection boo-boo that was that was was hell. I didn't think about it at the time, though, because I was just like, Annika, like, it's great to see you. Like, I know this is your home course, but it's great to see you in competitive mode 
period, you know, and T-Mac had come to the range and they hugged and chatted and things like that. I thought that was beautiful, but it sucked, um, you know, when you think about it, um, but you can't take that away from the fact that she has added to her, her, her major um, count. And, you know, I, I, I'd like to think that it was, you know, maybe a lapse in judgment or something like that. It's, it's not like, you know, we've got any photographs of her, you know, storming the Capitol or anything alongside those people. Like it was, you know, there is sometimes, you know, you're going to have people say, Hey, you know what, you got to respect the presidency as in the office. And I'm like, yeah, but shouldn't the person occupying it do that first? Um, so it's, it's hard for me. It's, it, it is hard for me, but I'll, I'll never, I'll, I would never, I, I, I try to do my very best to separate the, you know, like one mistake is not going to define you is a way that I see it. Um, and there's always, you know, it, it, it's, I, I think it would be great if she, if she like talked about it. Cause if, if we all found out, like she was like, yeah, dude, like, I'm not going to lie. I've been up to my tits in like baby Einstein and blues clues or whatever the hell Paw Patrol, whatever it is that kids are watching. Like I legit had no idea that kind of shit was going down on the six. Like, you know, that I'd, I'd have more questions, but if she was honest <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and if that honestly did happen, which is possible, then, you know, like then after she could have been like, Oh, son of a bitch. I didn't realize it was like this or whatever. You know, I, I don't know. I want to give her the benefit of the doubt. I don't, there was no malice in it. It was just maybe a little bit, um, like a lapse in, in, in judgment and lapse in thought. But again, well, even, I haven't been offered that medal. So who am I to judge anyway? I mean, even, even in her little apology to her after the fact that all she said is I don't look back. I just look forward. Like she wouldn't even talk about it. And, that was also kind of like shirking a yeah. certain responsibility. Like, you know what? It, either said, it. E e yeah. I mean, if she said, listen, I love Donald Trump. I think he's the best president we ever had. And I was, I was thrilled to get the medal from him. And, you know, I would have more respect for just like, just go, you know, be blunt. Tell would us you? how you feel. I would, would I would, I would, I different. would. I would, re I would respect the ownership, but to, to try and just sweep it under the rug is like, that was weak sauce. Um, but yeah. all that said, oh, okay. Okay. Real quick. Unbelievable. Sorry, golfer. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, oh, as yeah. you say, you can't, you got to give her due. She is an absolute machine and that was an incredible performance. So, uh, Annika Sorensen, the golfer, one of a kind. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> real. Real quick, I gotta I gotta hop into our full send segment. Bryson DeChambeau and his bullshit explanation about why he's not vaccinated. I'm 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 I don't I don't I don't like like I, I um, that that's the problem. I, For those who missed it, Bryson said that he was he didn't feel comfortable taking from the vaccine from somebody who needed it more because he's young and healthy and he can survive COVID. And that might've made sense six months ago when we were just rolling out the vaccines and it was hard to get an appointment. But like, again, don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. Like, come on, man. You can walk into any CVS or any drugstore in the country right now. Anybody can get poked at any time. Like that's again, like, don't try and bullshit your way out of a situation. Just say, I don't believe in vaccines. I'm not going to get it. 
because I don't want the or microchip. Or I don't believe in this particular vaccine. Yeah. Or say whatever, or say that's only for commies. Like, just tell us how you really feel. But to make yeah. up something that that anyone who has a brain knows it d- doesn't make sense. It's like, come on. Yeah. I, I'm a happy. Could, like, can I read his full statement though? Okay, sure. Yeah. For, for the people that, uh, for the people in the back, quote, the thing is the vaccine doesn't necessarily prevent it from happening. That's where for me, I'm young enough. I'd rather give it to people that need it. I don't need it. I'm healthy. I'm a young individual that will continue to be healthy and continue to work on my health. But I don't think that taking a vaccine away from someone that could need it is a good thing. As time goes on, if it's mainstream, like really, really mainstream and everything is vetted out, yeah, I don't have an issue getting vaccinated. Yeah, I don't, maybe he's been living, I mean, he's had a really shitty couple of months. Like, truth be told, maybe he's woken up and thought that we're back in March. And so he's thinking that he's not eligible because there we have hundreds of millions of doses. That's and true. the fact that he's sitting there and saying, I, I'm not going to take this away from somebody else. I'm like, we are, we are, there are vaccine doses that are getting um, thrown away because they're expiring. We've got doses that are going away because people are missing their appointments. We've got doses that are going away because people are missing their second doses. Um, you know, although truth be told, you can go, you know, depending on which vaccine it is that you're getting, if it's a two dose, you can go up to, it's four days prior to your, um, whether it's 21 for the Pfizer, 28 for the Moderna prior up to whatever that day is up to, I think it's uh, as many as six weeks beyond. So just catch, just, just, just do it. And, and, you know, he's, he's trying to bullshit himself around and say that he's doing this for other people. Like he wants to make sure everyone else gets vaccinated. I'm like, provide me with one instance in your entire existence where you've seemingly done something for anybody else. And then maybe I'll believe it. Well, how about the back nine at Torrey Pines? He provided John Rahm with U.S. Open by shooting 45. That was very selfless. Nah, son. <laughs> Guess what? I, I literally... I, what, what was it? Baby shat his diaper? Is that what happened? He didn't... Yeah. No, no, no. I'm no. just kidding. He didn't... So, yeah. I literally have outside my window, I have an exterminator in a hat. He's tapping his finger on this clipboard. I have to go like sign the documents and pay him. Can you end this podcast without me, Christina? Yes, I can end this podcast without you. Just say Bryson bullshit, please. (laughs) Bryson bullshit. To the people listening at home, thank you. I appreciate you. Thanks for sticking with me uh, through these troubling times of The Exterminator messing up our podcast. But this has been fun. We talked a lot about a lot of good stuff. Go, 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 go. Okay, I'm out. Okay, all right. Take us home. Okay, Alan's out. Okay. (laughs) See you, Alan. Well, like Alan said, um, you know, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for taking part in this incredible journey that we're on. Uh, Me here in Northern Ireland, Alan over in um, Carmel, 
And so on behalf of Alan, I just want to say thank you for listening to the latest episode of Full Send with Christina Kim and Alan Shipnuck. Be sure to rate this episode. Uh, Maybe not this particular episode because it's been a little bit of a shit show, but make sure that you subscribe. Give us a rating. Again, don't base it off of this single episode, please. (laughs) A lot of stuff was happening, Um, but we appreciate you and we cannot wait to come back with another episode. So everybody take care. Bye.